الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وما هذه الحياه الدنيا الا لهو ولعب وان الدار الاخره لهي الحيوان لو كانوا يعلمون صدق الله العظيم وسبحت بالله الكريم brothers and elders the environment that a person is in definitely has an effect on him it is impossible for a person to totally escape the effects of the environment this is something understood very easily in day to day life person is in a room where the air conditioner is on he's going to feel cold he's going to feel cool cold maybe he's in a room where the heater is on then he's going to feel hot that is the effect of the environment it was cold in the environment he also started feeling cool it was hot he also started feeling hot just as this is very easily understood in terms of our physical selves the same thing applies in terms of our hearts and our minds that the environment has a very deep impact on what a person thinks how he feels how he relates to things and therefore so much of emphasis has been placed in the quran sharif in the ahadith about who a person associates with because that is also his environment allah taala says in the quran sharif ya ayyuhalladhina amanu taqullaha wa kunu ma'as sadiqin o you who believe fi allah tabaraka wa taala adopt taqwa allah taala then says kunu ma'as sadiqin that accompany the truthful those who have the quality of sidq they are true to allah taala and if they are true to allah taala then they would be true to mankind as well they will be true to all the makhluk of allah taala let alone insan they will even be true to the animals in the sense that they will not harm any creature of allah taala they will not oppress anybody or anything and they are all the time conscious that they themselves are the some servants of allah taala and the rest are the servants of allah taala So Allah Ta'ala is saying ya ayyuhallazina amanu taqullaha wa kunu ma'as sadiqin oh you who believe fi Allah Ta'ala be with the truthful why must one be with the truthful because this is a very essential requirement that a person be completely true to Allah Ta'ala and by being in the company of the truthful this is something that passes on heart to heart one is the theory of deen the theory of islam the theory of all the various sciences of islam all this can come from book to mind but the reality of it and the spirit of it comes from heart to heart the theory may come from book to mind but the spirit and the reality of it comes from heart to heart that is why we find that whenever allah taala sends some kitab some book revealed any scripture it was not just revealed 
that there is the scripture, you may follow it. It was revealed on Rijalullah. There was always a personality that Allah created. And Allah bestowed that personality with that book, with the divinely revealed book. Whether it was the Torah, whether it was the Zabur, whether it was the Injil, whether it was the various Sahaif and the scriptures that were given to Ibrahim والسلام, and all the scriptures from before and finally the Quran Sharif that was bestowed to Rasulullah So it was never that something was revealed in some miraculous way, people were told, there it is, take it from there. No, it was given to people, to personalities Allah Ta'ala created, blessed them, blessed them with all those qualities. And they were the ones that passed on not just the words, then they passed on the spirit of those words. They passed on what really the true spirit of that command of Allah Ta'ala was. Jarir ibn Abdullah Bajali radiallahu ta'ala he has come to or he sent his slave to go and buy a horse for him. The slave went and he bought a horse. He did the deal with the seller and the seller was in agreement to sell it for 300 dirhams. 200 or 300 dirhams. So the deal was already done. The buyer already bought it. The seller already sold it. But now the payment was left and the payment the servant and slave brought the seller to Jarir ibn Abdullah that come and fetch your money from here. When he comes to fetch the money, uh, Jarir now looks at the horse and now he's already told that this deal has been done for 300 dirhams. He says to him that, do you want to sell your horse for 400 dirhams? So it was already done for 300, why won't he be happy for 400? Says, Very well, if that's what you want to give me. So what about 500? What about 600? He finally agrees to give him, oh, he says, I'll give you 700 dirhams and closes the deal at 700. Now, the deal was already done. It was to his advantage to just keep quiet and carry on. But now he is prepared to give the person 700 instead of 300. So somebody now asks afterwards that this deal was already done. 300 was already the confirmed price. The seller was happy to sell it at that price. So why you went and raised it to your disadvantage to 700? So you see, it's because I knew the true value of this. This person didn't know. He was selling it, but it's not that he was selling it despite knowing what the true value is. One is he knew what the true value is. For whatever reason, he was going to sell it for 300. That's up to him. But this person wasn't aware. And I had taken bay'ah and pledged on the hands of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa that I will be a well-wisher of every Muslim. Now one is the words, to be a well-wisher of every Muslim. But the spirit behind those words, the spirit behind those words is what he acted upon. That the deal was done, he was not cheating anybody in any way, he was not harming anybody in any way deliberately, or in any way in fact, there was no deception involved, it was a totally clean and clear deal. There was no doubt in the deal being not just permissible, completely permissible and halal, pure. But he wanted to act on the spirit of what he learned from Rasulullah And the spirit of what he learned from Nabi and what he had taken bay'ah and pledged on the hands of Nabi for 
was that al-sam'i wa ta'a that he will listen and he will obey whatever has been conveyed to him from Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and and that he will be a well-wisher for every Muslim. This is what he understood to be the spirit of that. So now one is the words, but the other is the acting on that spirit. Where did this come into him? It came into him from this environment, from the companionship of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. This rubbed off onto him in this manner. In the time of the, this is this, among the Sahaba, and there are numerous examples among the Sahaba of this nature. Then come to the Tabi'een. These people were in the company of the Sahaba Ikram. There was one great Tabi'i, Yunus bin Ubaid, Rahimahullah. He was also a trader. He was a great scholar as well. And he did some trading as well. So one day, one person came to him and he asked him, that, Do you have any silken cloth for 400 dirhams? So he said, we have a silken cloth for 200 dirhams. But as he said this much, and the azan for Zuhar Salah started. So as soon as the azan commenced, he left everything right there and he proceeded. Nothing can happen now. Azan has commenced. The azan has commenced now, I go to answer the call of Allah Ta'ala. And now I cannot continue with any other work, anything. This dunya now must wait. So in any case, he proceeded to the masjid. So, after the salah, his nephew used to assist him in the business. His nephew was already there. So, that person who came to buy the cloth, he came again. So, he said that silken cloth, so that nephew said, it's 400 dirhams. Said, Very well. He wanted for 400 dirhams. He knew the value is 400 also, whatever the case may be. So, he gave him the 400 and he purchased that item. And now the money was still just kept there. And in this time, this Yunus bin Ubaid, Rahmatullah returned. So he sees this 400 dirhams. He also knows what is this money all about. So the person who was the buyer actually, he's standing there. He says, no, well, I just bought this cloth for 400. So that is the money I paid. So your assistant, he kept the money there. So he said to him, look, I already had told you when the azan just started just before that, that I have the silken cloth for 200. I was referring to the same cloth. Now if you want, then you take this 200 and the cloth along, otherwise leave your, the cloth behind entirely and take your money and go. Because I have given my word that is 200, I will not sell it for more now. Either you want to take this 200 and go, or then leave the cloth behind and go away. Now what makes up to us, this person is perhaps, he doesn't know he's living in dunya. He probably forgot he's living in dunya. To him he's probably, maybe he got, he's living in a dream world living somewhere in the skies. But no, they were living in dunya also. They had a certain spirit in their hearts. The spirit of living and let, letting others live also. And yes, sometimes this must be a, might be on a very high level for us, but this is where we are going to learn from. That they went to this extent that if they felt that the value of something was truly of a higher amount than what the person had asked for, they were ready to give that. If they felt that the person, they had already given him their word, that this is what I am going to sell it for, they weren't prepared to put one set extra on it. This was their level, 
at least our level should be that we don't cheat anybody in any way. That there isn't one iota of any deception involved. There isn't one iota of anything that is doing anybody down in any way. That is the very least. But now this is something that when a person is in this environment of dunya all the time, where anything and everything generally goes, and where people actually brag about how they did something in a crooked way. person does something in a crooked way and he brags about it, that this was his achievement. And when a person is all the time in this kind of environment, then that impacts on him. Just as this impacted on these people, the environment they were in, the type of environment that they enjoyed, that impacted on their hearts. And they were thinking on another level, on Buzrug, he had the situation where all the time at home, whenever he was coming home, so he was forever on the receiving end. Doesn't require any elaboration. Seems like, mashallah, everybody understood well. So he was always on the receiving end. And this was ongoing. So one day somebody who had been away of this, and one day again, they overheard, mashallah, how he was receiving it. So I told him, but enough is enough now. You don't have to put yourself through so much. Now you rather call it a day now. Now this is something which Shariat has made this provision for a situation where things have come really to a dead end. Where now is going to be a situation where the parties are not going to go even fulfill the rights of each other. There is going to be zulm involved. It has come to a dead end. So that is where the Shariat has made this provision. It is a situation of an amputation. An amputation is where everything else has failed. But the amputation sometimes has to happen. But only where everything else has failed. The medication failed and the hospitalization didn't work and whatever else had to be done was done. Everything was done and it still came to no, no good. And now there is a fear that if this amputation doesn't take place, the whole body is going to be affected. So at that stage only, then that, that too will be first scraped off on some end. And finally there is no chance it's amputated. So in any case, this is what this provision Shariat has made for. To save the rest of the body. That now there wasn't be zulm. So in any case, this person, now this, he overheard whatever he overheard and he said to the Buzruk that enough is enough now. I just call it a day now please. And let her go and Allah will provide you somebody else. But Buzruk said it's very nice and very easy to do that. Doesn't take any effort to do what you are saying. But the thing is that at this stage of her life, if I have to give her talaq, there will be one of two situations. The more likely possibility is that she is not even going to be able to settle down again. So now she will be in a very difficult circumstance. And if she does remarry, then I already know what I am receiving. Somebody else is going to become the recipient. So she says, I rather take care of that on behalf of my brother. Rather than pass it on to somebody else, 
doesn't matter, I'll make sabr upon it. Now that was his caliber, that was his level, that no matter what it was, he could take it in his stride, and his gaze was somewhere above, and yes, whatever sabr he had to make, he was ready to make it, but the lesson that we need to take out of it, we may not be able to emulate anything like this, on that level, but there's a lesson for us. The lesson is that to in which manner their minds were engaged. That positive way of thinking and ready to take upon themselves the difficulty but don't give the difficulty to others. Taking others' difficulty but not passing it on. Whereas our situation is, unfortunately, that we are not prepared to take any difficulty from anybody but ready to give everyone the difficulty. If my pressure goes up, then I have to offload it somewhere. Then dare anybody come in my way. Because if my pressure has gone up, then it has to be released some way or the other. So now whoever comes in the way, this ill fortune or good fortune, whatever it is, but that's our condition. And these people's condition, they're prepared to take the pressure, but not give the pressure. But now where does all this happen from? This happens from this environment. The kind of environment that a person keeps himself in, he's in an environment where there's the fear of Allah Ta'ala. There's this consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. He's associating with such company, such friends, where there is this consciousness of Allah Ta'ala all the time. That something, somebody is wanting to do something and the next person is reminding him, but is this right? Somebody wants to go somewhere, it's this time of the year now, everybody is going somewhere, so we are also going. But is this the right place to go? Or is this a place that's going to destroy our iman, destroy our akhlaq, destroy our haya? So all the kind of things that happen are happening for the way forward in terms of deen because the people are all of that company. So now that person who is not so inclined also, that environment, that companionship, that is going to impact on his heart. And that is going to take him forward. And otherwise, if he, no matter how conscious he may be, but he puts himself in an environment of ghaflan, in an environment of heedlessness, where people are unconcerned, in an environment where everybody is soaked in dunya, and the hearts are attached to dunya, and everything is dunya. So now this person's heart is also going to go in a similar manner. His heart is also, there's no harm in dunya being in the hand. The heart being in dunya is the problem. Dunya mustn't come in the heart and the heart mustn't be in the dunya. The hands can be in the dunya. No problem. In the halal wealth that Allah Ta'ala has blessed, dil bayar dast bakar. In Persian, the poet says that the hands in the work, earning whatever it is, but the heart for Allah Ta'ala. Otherwise, if the heart is stuck in dunya, then that's a very big problem. Sheikh Fariduddin Attar Rahmatullah very great personality of his time, he was known as Attar because he was this itar seller. One day one person came into his shop and he's looking at all the different kind of bottles and looking right, looking left, but he's not saying anything. Sometimes Allah Ta'ala creates his means for somebody's hidayat. So Sheikh Fariduddin Attar at that time was still just a very, very free-minded businessman, not concerned about deen. So he asked him, you want to buy something? So he said, no, I'm just looking around. So he's carrying on looking around, he said, but you want to buy something? So he says, no, I'm just looking around. So what are you looking at? I'm looking at 
all these bottles, so many, hundreds, maybe thousands of bottles all over here, all kinds and shapes and sizes. And I can see that your ruh is stuck in all these bottles. When the time comes when your soul is going to be extracted, you'll have to be extracted from each of these things. What a tough time you're going to have. Now, he was a very free-minded, heedless person at that time. So he got very upset at this. He said, what is this person? How can he talk in this manner? So he retorted. He says, well, you're talking about how I'm going to die. I'll die how you will die. What are you talking about how I will die? So he says, well, how I will die? So, well, this is how I will die. Now, this is a stranger just coming from nowhere. He doesn't know who the person is. But this was somebody Allah Ta'ala sent. So he says, that how I will die? This is how I will die. He laid his mat or something he had in his hand on the floor. He recited the shahada he lay down and passed away. And when this happened in front of his eyes, this became like a, hit him like a bolt of lightning. And he gave up everything, gave up the dunya entirely. Now that is not what's required of us. And neither should we try to do that. He gave up the dunya entirely. And he secluded himself and totally dedicated himself to Allah wa ta'ala. And he became Sheikh Fariduddin At-Tahar. We are not required to do that. And neither should we try to do that. But what we are required to do is that get the dunya out of our hearts. Keep it in the hand, but not in the heart. And when it's not in the heart, then the person's reactions are different. His actions are different. How he thinks is different. What he's ready to take, what he's ready to give is all different. So he's still with dunya. Dunya is still in his hands. But he's a very different person in that dunya. And if the heart is in the dunya, then it's a completely different picture. Then there will be deception, there will be all kinds of wrongdoing, there will be all kinds of haram deals, and some way or the other a person will look for some loophole, how to try and just legalize it in some way or the other. <coughs> Whereas in the court of Allah Ta'ala, on that day, on the day of Qiyamah, all the trickery won't work. And that is the question to ask oneself. Sometimes a person is saying something, doing something, a person is altering something somewhere and says, find some kind of explanation for it. So the question to ask oneself is, will this explanation hold water on the day of Qiyamah? Can I get away with this explanation in the court of Allah Ta'ala? And it's obvious that if there is one iota of any thing wrong in there, you cannot get away. Allah Ta'ala knows everything. Allah Ta'ala knows what's lurking in the depth of the heart. So if I cannot get away on the day of Qiyamah with this, then how can I then engage in this in dunya? But what is required is that a person has to keep himself in the environment of deen. And when he will keep himself in the environment of deen, then this will impact on his heart. Unfortunately, what our deficiency is, that when we do engage in any dini effort, we join up in some dini gatherings, some talk of deen, whether it is the speaker, the listener, generally, there are those who, mashallah, are not in this category, 
But there are two things that are missing. The two things that are missing and which are actually requirements for the real benefit. The requirements for the real benefit are that one is that there must be talab. A person must be sincerely seeking. He must be thirsty for it. And besides having talab, he must be in need of it. Feel himself in need of it. Sometimes a person has a talab but he doesn't have the need. For example, now there's a nikah has taken place and now there's some chocolate that is being distributed at the door. So that might not be something top of the range also. But anything for free has its own taste. Has a special taste. So now you'll find the person who can, let alone what is being distributed, he can give something ten times better to everybody that's present. But he also has a talab for that. Because there's something different in it. So he has a talab for it, but no need for it. One is a talab. But the person who didn't have it, he never tasted the chocolate for years, because he didn't have any money to be able to spend on one, any general basic food items also. So now he sees that, he's got the talab for it also, he feels a need for it as well. There's a big difference between the two. So likewise, in the case of deen, and the work of deen, the talks of deen, there must be that aspect of talab, and together with that, feeling ourselves to be totally in need. When a person then takes that in that manner, that impacts on the heart. And accordingly, the benefit of that is received. Allah Ta'ala then grants that heart that benefit. So, this is the aspect that we need to keep ourselves in the environments of deen, in the talks of deen, in the works of deen, reading about the lives of the Ahlullah, starting off right from the seerat of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa the sahaba kiram having this talim in our homes, where the lives of the sahaba are read about, all the various other aspects of deen are read about, all this impacts on the heart. And to the extent that the heart keeps receiving this, then it will keep the direction. And once this stops, and it's just an occasional thing, and that too on a casual, casual note, without the talab and ihtiyaj, that thirst and the need for it, then sometimes there'll be some temporary benefit also, some little enjoyment maybe, and that is where you'll finish off. Otherwise, it might have been something that might have been the same thing that was heard for the 50th time. So it wasn't something new. There was no enjoyment as such. In that sense, something very exciting was spoken about or heard. But if it was listened to with that talab and ihtiyaj, it was spoken with that same talab and ihtiyaj, then inshallah that benefit will be a long-lasting benefit. So this is the aspect to create this talab, to create this ihtiyaj, and to make an effort in this direction, then inshallah in a time, short time a person starts seeing how this starts impacting on his heart, then he will still be in dunya, but he will be in dunya, dunya won't be in him. His hands will be in dunya, his heart won't be in dunya. His heart won't get, he won't allow, his heart won't take that effect of dunya. And he will start thinking like these people thought. He will start thinking, maybe he might not reach their level, but he'll get somewhere. He'll start thinking in the spirit of what the Quran and Hadith have given us. In the spirit of the 
of the incidents of the lives of the Sahabai Kiram and the Ahlullah, how they lived, how they thought, what was their mindset, he would start thinking in that manner. So this is what we need to keep focusing on, keep making an effort on. We are all insan, we are weak, but we need to have that clear vision that this is our direction, this is our focus. And then we make an effort in that direction. Inshallah, Allah Ta'ala, with His help and grace, Allah Ta'ala will make it possible for us to reach. Allah Ta'ala bless us all with tawfiq and hidayat. وآخر دعوانا الحمد لله رب العالمين